thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. I tell you what, the Word is our answer. Yeah. The Word is our help. Yeah. And we are here yeah. to uh, be not, not just good students, but to be better doers. Right. Amen. Yeah. Of the Word. We've been teaching on the mind and on the thought life. And thank God for the Word that gives us a new way of thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, when I got born again, I just didn't get born again so I could keep living the way I was living. All right. And likewise, I didn't want to keep thinking the way I was thinking. Uh -huh. And so God offers us his thoughts and his word, yeah. and it's up to us to take them. He yeah. won't force them on us, but we can certainly decide I want his thoughts and yeah. take them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Because the more we think like him, the more our life will look like his flow. Yes, that's right. Amen. 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 Yeah. We've been using for our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Listen, Jesus is interested in your mind. Oh, yes. He's interested in your mind. He wants your mind to bless your life, not, not harass your life. So he bore the price for our sin. He bore the price for our sickness, but he also bore the price of a tormented mind. Not in his earthly life. He wasn't tormented, but on the cross, yes. that which tormented humanity, he paid the price for it. Amen. And so a sound mind belongs to us. It's part of our privileges. It's part of our inheritance in Christ. Yes. And the Amplified Translation in describing a sound mind, it says it's a calm mind. Yes. It says it's a well-balanced mind. Yes. It says it's a disciplined mind right. and it's a controlled mind. And listen, that's not just God's part. God's part was giving us a sound mind. Our part is to discipline it. Yes. Our part is to make sure that we're putting proper boundaries yes. on our mind to control yes. what is coming in and what is going out. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. We were looking at Mark 11 because we were studying in, a, in the previous episode about um, how to answer things. And Jesus gave us an example of when he was faced with a need because people think, well, Jesus never have a need. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he certainly had needs, yes. but the thing is he had no lack. That's right. That's right. Amen. Just because you have a need doesn't mean you have lack. That's good. Amen. Every need has a supply. So listen, God will lead you in creating a need. He'll lead you. To the place of creating a need. Why? Because he has a supply he's trying to get you into. 
And until you have the need, you don't need the supply. Amen. Amen. Do you know when God delivered his people out of Egypt, um, he led them by the way of the Red Sea. The word says he led them by way of the Red Sea. He led them there. They didn't just say, oh, this is study the map and say, this is a good place to go. No, God led them there. What was it? He led them to where a sea was in front of them a mountain range on the right, a mountain range on the left, and a mad enemy army with dead firstborn coming at them. And God led them there. Why? Because he had a miracle. And until he got them to that need, they didn't qualify for the miracle. Amen. So when they got to the need, and notice this at the, at the need, what was the miracle? Uh, the, the sea opened up yes. and they walked across on dry land. Yes. But notice that it didn't open up while they were back in Egypt. Right. Yes. That's right. Their toes had to get right up to the waters. Yes. Their toes had to arrive at the need. Yes. Uh-huh. And when they arrived at the need, God wasn't nervous that they, that they, was, that they were there. Why? Because he already had the supply That's for right. them. Oh, yeah. The book of Psalms says that uh, God's footprints were found in the waters. Wow. <laughs> what was it? When the waters came back, now they saw the path that God had already walked preparing for them. Wow. Amen. Amen. Needs are not a negative in your life. Oh, no. They are the place where you learn God. They're the place where you receive miracles. So don't think that because a need showed up, my faith isn't working. Don't think that because a need showed up, the word's not working for me. God's forgotten me. God's not even paying attention. He doesn't care. No, don't get into that. That's wrong thinking. And that kind of thinking will open the door to the enemy. It'll destroy your faith. A need is not a negative. Jesus had them. The, pro- the thing is, is that just because we have a need doesn't mean we have lack. That's right. Because God already told us, uh, for those who are givers and those who obey God, uh, Philippians 4, 9, Paul said that my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No need you'll ever face will lack a supply. That's right. Every single need the supply has already been authored. Yes. Amen. That's why we're not, we're not afraid when needs show up. We don't stand back and go, why isn't the word working? Why did this show up? Well, it showed up because there's a supply for it and God wants you in that supply. Amen. And so Jesus demonstrated this. He had needs, for, he had needs that showed up in his life, but he showed us what to do. And in Mark 11, in verse 12, we're going to read it again real quickly. We read it, yes, uh, in the previous episode, but we want to read it again today. Mark 11, verse 12, and it says, And on the morrow when they, which is Jesus and his disciples, when they were come from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, he came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing. Don't be concerned when nothing is there when you have a need. He showed us what to do when we're faced with nothing. So he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Mm -hmm. So Jesus showed us what to do do in the face of a need. Answer it. Every need, 
calls for your answer. Yes. And if we don't give the answer, the need will stay. Yes. We have to answer it. And uh, don't wait for God to answer it. Notice this, Jesus didn't call a prayer meeting. There was no praying going on here. So many times people, when they see a need, they immediately start endeavoring to get God to do something. What did Jesus do as soon as a need showed up? He started using his words. Yes. Yes. Immediately, yes. he started using his words. And then we know this, that what else he did is that after he spoke to, the, to that tree, uh, he just walked off and left it. Mm-hmm. He didn't stand there and say, did it work? No. He didn't leave one disciple behind and say, I want you to make sure, come give me a report of how that yeah. works. <laughs> No, he just left his words with the tree and he walked off and continued on his assignment. Amen. Needs show up to try to slow your progress. Amen. Amen. But Jesus didn't let it slow his progress. He just assigned his words to it, walked off, let his words deal with that. And then he came back the next day and in Mark 11, verse 20, and it says, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. How did that happen? Words were working all night. Uh Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. The words worked on that. And you can say, well, Pastor Nancy, it just doesn't seem like things are changing. I've got the word on it. Well, let, let me say this. If you ever buy a Christmas tree at Christmas time and some people use, you know, the fake trees or some people use the real trees. We always grew up with a real tree. Anytime my parents brought a real Christmas tree into our house, that tree, no matter how green it was, was dead. That thing was dead. It looked alive. It would even smell alive. It would still have a scent to it. But that thing was dead. Why? It was cut off. It was cut off. Your words cut off what you don't want in your life. And I don't care how green the leaves look. I don't care how much something smells like it's living. Once your words go to the root of something, it cuts it off. Don't be deceived into thinking the thing's still living just because it looks green. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so we see in verse 21, Mark 11, 21, and Peter calling to remembrance said unto Jesus, look, behold, the fig tree, which you cursed, it's withered away. Now see, Peter's shocked. Yeah. 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 Ooh, Jesus, look at that. Look at that. He thinks he's going to show Jesus something. You got to bless his heart. I mean, you know, Peter, he was a first responder. He was a first responder. You appreciate people who, you know, they're first responders. They're all in. But he's also the first one to show up the the need of faith. (laughs) And so Peter, he he said, behold, master, look. He was amazed it worked. (laughs) But Jesus wasn't. Jesus didn't even bring it up. They all saw it, but Peter was the one that brought it up. And he said, look, the fig tree, you cursed. Look, it's withered away. It's dried away. And Jesus answered and said, faith, faith, Faith. amen, faith. Have faith in God or as the the, uh, Greek originally says, have the faith of God. Amen. 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 What he's showing you how to deal with things, deal with them by faith. And then he said, what faith does. Verse 23, faith talks to things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He says this in verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever 
she'll say into this mountain, not just your pastor, mm -hmm. not just Brother Copeland, thank God for their faith, mm -hmm. but whosoever mm -hmm. shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Now, when we say whosoever, it's, it's people who are doing verse 22. They got the faith of God. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not whosoever without the faith of God. That's it's right. whosoever with the faith yeah. of God. Yeah. See, verse 22 told you first that you got to have faith in God. Verse 23, then whosoever, whosoever has this faith. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and shall, but... Uh, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, those things which he saith, those things which he saith, those things which he saith shall come to pass. Jesus was letting us know what he believed. He said words and he believed that those words would do the work yes. Yes. because he's telling them that's what I did, right. that whosoever shall say, amen. And believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. It, notice it doesn't say, believe those things which God saith. Mm -hmm. right. People are waiting for God to say something about their problem. No, God's authorized you to say yes, something and believe in what you say when it's in agreement with what God has already said. Yes. 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 Amen. That he shall have whatsoever he saith. One day the Spirit of God said this to me. The more you say it, the more you have it. Oh, the yeah, less yeah. you say it, the less you have That's it. Right. Yes. So we measure our having by measuring how much we say something. Yes. Yes. We don't say it to try to earn it. We say it because we believe it. That's, That's right. right. Yes. Some people say it trying to, if they think that they can put enough saying time in. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's the saying that believes. Yes. Amen. It's not just saying, it's the saying that believes. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so verse 24 is this, therefore I say unto you what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. So verse 23 is telling us things will obey you, talk to them. Mm -hmm. You're authorized yeah. to talk to them. That's right. Verse 24 is telling you that, uh, it's telling us how to get our desires met. Mm -hmm. That when we desire something, there's something there, there's a way we have to get that met. And verse 24 is telling us how. What we see at this tree when Jesus was faced with this tree that had nothing on it, what we don't see is him talking to God. Yeah. What we don't see is him asking God to do something. Mm -hmm. He initiated the change. Yes. People, I, I want to say something to you that might surprise a lot of people. The majority of what you receive from God will be initiated by you, not God. That's right. Now, listen to me. The majority of what you receive from God will be initiated by you, not God. But then I want to qualify that. God already initiated it by making it yours. Yes. Now he's waiting for you to initiate something toward what he made yours. And if you don't initiate it, what more does he have to do? He's already made it yours. Now it's your job to lay hold of what he made yours. Amen. Jesus initiated that change in that tree. How did he initiate the change? He answered it. He talked to it. If you need something, if you want something to change, you're the one plan on initiating something changing. If you're just going to sit back and wait for God to do something about that, very likely things will stay the same, that, the same way they are because 
He authorized you. He authorized you. That when you see something in line with his word and uh, something that his word has authorized you to, he's already initiated it by authorizing you. You have to respond by initiating in your own life. Amen. Amen. You're not the one who does the work. God does the work, but you initiate it. Listen to this. God goes where faith puts him. And if you don't put him there, he doesn't have anything to work there. Well, praise the Lord. God's power will do the work. He'll back up what you initiate, but if you don't initiate it, he's got nothing to back up. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go with me to to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to look at verse 19. We're going to see this because some of these statements can be um, surprising to people who have been taught differently. When you say, if you need a miracle, initiate it. Yeah. You know? Well, I thought God is the only one that does miracles. Well, he works it, but he works what we initiate. Remember the first miracle that was ever performed in Jesus' earthly ministry was when he was at the wedding. His mother was there. His disciples were there. And his mother came and said, they've run out of wine. Mm -hmm. She came to Jesus and said, they've run out of wine. And he said, woman, what, what, what does that have to do with me? In other words, I'm not the caterer. Why are you telling me catering issues? And she didn't really care for his response. (laughs) She didn't care what he said. Mama don't care. (laughs) Because she said to him, I love this. She said to him, she said, they have no more wine. He answered and said, what's that got to do with me? And then it said, she turned to the servants In other words, I'm done talking to you, Jesus. I'm done talking to you. I already told you what I'm here for. And I'm done talking to you. And she turned to his servants and she put a demand on him to say something. And she said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Who initiated that, Mary? Mary initiated that. Jesus, Jesus, of course, gave them something to obey. He gave the servants something to obey because every miracle for your life is going to include your obedience. So he gave them something to obey. God's not going to work a miracle apart from you. So many people think that they're just going to sit in a chair or sit back and God's going to work something, something's just going to appear. God works miracles through those who need them. He he requires our participation, our faith, our obedience to a command that he gives. But notice this. God would have left their pots empty of wine Mm -hmm. until Mary initiated something. Many times Christians are living with things empty when if they'd initiate, God would fill it up. But they're waiting for God to initiate it. God's authorized you to initiate it. If you have a need, initiate the answer. Yes, God does the work, but you're the one that invites him to do the work. And, and, and religion will sit back and just say, it's all on God's side. That's not scriptural. That's not scriptural. Amen. Because even in that situation, Mary got Jesus involved. Jesus didn't even initiate that. That turning the water into wine was not initiated by Jesus. It was initiated by a woman who knew. Amen. When you know what God will do, you don't leave things undone. That's right. That's good. 
Amen. Amen. Can I tell, I'll tell you something that God said to me years ago. He said, um, you know, we should be praying for our families, right? Yes. yes. And God said to me, he said, I, I, I have set you as a watchman over your family. Well, everyone, every Christian should be a watchman over their family. Mm-hmm. And he didn't just mean my immediate family. I'm talking about my children and my husband, the, the four of us. He was talking about anyone related to us. Yeah. And he said, now, there are some things that can be changed in the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. Well, let me put it the way he said it. He said, there are some things that cannot be changed in the lives of other people without their participation. Mm-hmm. But he said, but there are some things that can be changed. Mm -hmm. And he said, and if they can be changed, I expect them changed. What was he saying? I expect you to initiate that change. Now, there are some things, uh, I remember one one relative that um, had smoked for, oh my goodness, maybe 50, 60 years of their life. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to you know, quit smoking and they'd tried so many times on their own and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't stop for long. Mm -hmm. And one day I was at home and they lived in way different state and they lived in, you know, far away. So I hadn't had any conversation with them about it. But one day God, the anointing came on me. I was, well, I was praying. And while I was praying, the spirit of God came on me for them. You know, I was thinking about them. Other, others were saying something, you know, they never can quit. They try, they never can quit, you know, and stuff. But that weighed on me. Mm -hmm. That went into my heart. And I began to pray for them. And the spirit took hold with me. Mm -hmm. And they were set free. Three weeks later, I called someone who knew them and they said, well, did you hear that they quit smoking? Well, when was it? Three weeks ago when I had prayed. You see, what was it? I was able to assist them. I knew some things they didn't know about the word. So God allowed me to take my faith and help them experience victory. Now that's what God means for us to be watchmen over our families. That God brings you into a knowledge of his word, not so you can say, well, look what they don't know, but so you can take what you do know and bless their life and share that knowledge into their blessing. So God said to me, now, because I don't have authority over everyone the same way they have authority over their own life. But God said, there are some things you can't change regarding someone else's problems or needs. But he said, there are some things you can. Mm -hmm. And he said, now listen to the wording. If they can be changed, I expect them changed. He expected me to initiate Mm -hmm. a change on their behalf. That if we don't initiate a change, some things will remain unchanged. Uh Amen. You say, well, can we do that? Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus is speaking and he said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What are the keys of the kingdom of heaven? Authority. Mm -hmm. That includes our authority because then then he describes what those keys will do. The next phrase is what the keys will work. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Notice the order. Earth moves, then heaven moves. Mm -hmm. Earth acts, then heaven acts. Something is initiated on the earth and then heaven backs it up. Uh That's what that means. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. It didn't say whatsoever heaven bound. Mm -hmm. Then earth binds it. No, earth initiated this. 
Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Mm -hmm. In both directions, earth was earth was first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Either binding something or loosing something, yeah. earth was first. Yeah. Yes. What's that mean? We're entitled and authorized to initiate things that are in line with God's word. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look at this. Jesus said, I give you the keys. Yeah. Yes. I give you the keys. We're the ones with the keys. I said, we're the ones yes. with the keys. If I drive my car to a restaurant and they have a valet service, mm -hmm. I hand them my keys to park the car. Mm -hmm. I didn't lose ownership of the car, no. but I don't have the keys. Right. Right. Yeah. If I want to drive that car, I've got to get the keys back. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. If I give them the key, I cannot drive the car, no matter how much mm -hmm. I'm the owner of it. Right. Mm -hmm. We're owned by God. Mm -hmm. But the keys are in our hands. Yes, yes. They're not in the owner's hands. And even though I own that car, I can't drive it without the keys. And Jesus gave us the keys and people are wanting God to drive what he owns, but he doesn't have the keys. We're the ones with the keys. If we put it that way, you understand what he means in Matthew 16, verse 19 that you've got to do something on earth. Yeah. Then when you do, heaven's got something to back up. Yeah. Heaven, and it's letting you know if you act in line with, her, with heaven, yeah. heaven will back you up. Yes. When you act in line with the word, when you act in line with what God says, heaven will back you up. You don't have to feel like it. Yeah. That's good. You don't have to feel like heaven will back you up. Yeah. You know heaven will back yeah. you up. Yeah. Amen. Even though Jesus is the one that defeated the, the, the devil, he defeated him, stripped him. Uh, he handed us the keys of that victory. Jesus handed us the keys of it. Amen. And if we won't use the keys, Jesus can't because he doesn't have them. He authorized us. And that's why so many people wonder, why doesn't God do something about my problem? Why doesn't God heal my body? Why doesn't God deal some, do something about my children? Why doesn't God fix this and fix that? He, you know, I love God. He loves me. I know he's my father. Yes, uh, we were bought by with a price. We belong to him, but he gave us the keys. Yes. Amen. Amen. So just know this, the majority of what we receive from God is initiated by us, not God. That's right. Amen. Amen. And if we want to change, if we want something removed, if we want a mountain moved, if we want some, a desire fulfilled, we're, the, we're going to have to initiate it. But when we do, our faith invites heaven to back it up. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of this book, Answer It. We want you to get hold of it. It'll be a blessing to your life. And uh, you can go to DufresneMinistries.org and let us know that you want your copy and we will send you that. Amen. Amen. And uh, we want to remember and remind you until next time that we see you, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Nancy Dufresne teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt in this book about the peace of God. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023, with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.